and welcome to Secret Lives of Student Midwives, where we unpack the crazy journey that is becoming a midwife in Canada. Here with your hosts, Bailey, Maddie, Katrina, and Ashlyn. Welcome back. It's Maddie. I'll be co-hosting this episode with Katrina. And today we have a special guest, Mel. Uh, she's a second year midwifery student here. She's my my person and <laughs> my Meredith Gray. <laughs> and uh, she was a doula before coming into the program. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is just uh, learning more about doulas and their roles in the birth community and whether or not that's something people should be looking into before going to midwifery. Yeah, I get lots of questions from prospective midwifery students about whether or not I think that they should be a doula first, like while they're going through the application process. So I figured it was worth a deeper look into. So welcome, Mel. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey into getting into the program and how becoming a doula was involved in that? Oh boy, my journey getting into the school, well, I don't think we have that long to go through that journey, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to sum it up a little bit. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's, back in, back it's in. kind of exciting <laughs> to, to sit in the room with two uh, brilliant women in this program. I'm very excited to be here and be a part of it. So, oh boy, my journey, my journey into becoming a midwife. Well, um, it didn't start with being a doula, actually. It, it started with discovering that midwifery was possible to... Well, the program was possible to do in Canada, so I didn't have to go overseas, which was super exciting. And then I had a cousin who was having a home birth, and I wanted to kind of explore birth work outside of midwifery because I knew how hard the program was to get into. And so I kind of didn't want to have a backup plan, but wanted to make sure that um, I had kind of the the chutzpah, if you will, to, to hack it in, uh, to have an on-call lifestyle as, as midwives do. And, and to know that even in hard situations, which inevitably, um, you, you will be in either as a doula or a midwife that you kind of, that I was able to dig deep within myself and have that calming presence, um, to give to the family uh, in any kind of situation. So that's kind of where my, my journey into, I guess, doulahood came from and then my journey into midwifery was always fascinated uh, with medical with labor and birth wanted to actually be a pediatrician or a trauma surgeon first but then decided if I I knew if I did that I would kind of lose myself into the trauma world which can be quite detrimental to one's own mental health so I took a step back and and looked at what I could kind of encompass my love of um, birth birth work women children um, and part of the medical without it being too medicalized in that sense and discovered midwifery and from there the light bulb went on and it's been um, I won't say a love-hate relationship it's been mostly mostly love um, but also uh, some tears shed along the way and some soul-crushing realizations that come <laughs> along with uh, midwifery school so it's kind of been my journey into into the program anyway um, yeah that's kind of me in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I feel like it changes every time I, I tell that story because I've told it so many times that I well, feel like I have to like... And you remember yeah. different parts yeah. of it. I yeah. feel like I have to bring different anecdotes every time I go into a new class. It's well, like, you got to keep yourself about yourself. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you were more focused on becoming a midwife initially and then yeah. 
obviously with how challenging it is to get into the program, that's when you looked more into becoming a doula. So it wasn't doula to midwife, I guess. Yeah. No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of, like Katrina said, um, a lot of prospective midwifery students are wondering, should you have experience as a doula? I mean, I personally don't think you need experience as a doula unless you want to kind of get into more of um, meeting these wonderful women that you're going to be hopefully working with in these births and seeing what they do. And the work, I feel, the work that I did as a doula, um, I had the absolute pleasure to serve 15 families and I saw 16 beautiful babies be born into the world and um, it's it's a time in my life that I will always remember fondly and it was hard but I don't I don't necessarily think that being a doula is a stepping stone um, to midwifery for for myself anyway some do find that it does help them kind of cement their path into midwifery but I feel like the women who are and the individuals I should say who really feel like their calling is to be a doula, either birth or postpartum, they are uh, invaluable to our community. Mm -hmm. And I, I know I couldn't continually like give myself as empathetically and as selflessly as these women do. I mean, it's, it, to be a good doula and to be a very um, empathetic person is, is quite the art and quite the skill to yeah. have. Yeah, to take that place, it's a very special role. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk a bit more about that aspect I think yeah yeah what, yeah, later. what exactly would you say is the role of a doula versus a midwife oh boy well I mean you have the the traditional definition of a doula which well correct me if I'm wrong but it's like just to, to serve the woman I know a midwife is to be with woman yeah um, and a, a doula is basically to be the I don't know to quote unquote like servant of the woman basically. And so I looked at my doula practice um, for a definition of myself to um, work with a family and be their uh, physical, emotional, and at times psychological support as best I could to be that third person that could bring, um, not light, but uh, do you guys know what I mean? Like you're, mm -hmm. you're bringing in that, that, that strength, that strength that, that sometimes... Yeah. Uh, leaves the room or to bring a calm presence when everything is happening especially in a hospital everything's happening very fast and there's a very fast charged energy and having that outside like um, influence or having that outside just presence to be able to come in there and remind them that uh, you can do this and this is what you're here for and you're strong and I, I've got you for as long as it's going to take and and I'm you know your person in this mm -hmm. that you can rely on and, and I'll get you through it and you 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 know you walk away and you see the good and the bad and the ugly of every situation and um where as a midwife is you, you do see that part of birth but it you do have two patients you are not patients clients you have two people to look mm -hmm. after you have a, the mom and the baby and whereas a, whereas a doula um even though I did focus some of my practice on helping the partners and the fa other family members, because it can be quite traumatic for them as well, my sole focus was um, the pregnant individual, the mom, yeah. the woman, the pregnant individual yeah. in that situation to help her. I've heard it um, described um, in one way as the doula is the only person in the room or the only person in your toolbox that is completely focused on the birthing person. Yeah, I like that. They're the Ooh, only person because one. yeah, the partner is usually like scared shitless <laughs> or yeah. or you know, just 
trying to handle, like, tell, tell family members what's going on, or they're becoming a parent, too, and there's all these other things going on in their head. And then the medical staff is really focused on, you know, on you as a patient and what's going on in that sense. And then even a midwife has all of those medical aspects to worry about. Um, and family members, other family members, they're going to be, you know, focused on the baby. Oh, the little baby's coming out. And, you know, they you probably don't have anyone else who has that specific skill set and that specific purpose of kind of zeroing in on on you and on your experience, what you need yeah. and how to best support the pregnant individual yeah, throughout the whole exactly. process. And I mean, and hopefully your doula um, will be there for for the duration of your birth, no matter how long it takes mm-hmm. um, for that to happen. And then as well, you you are so fortunate to be able to form a relationship um, with your clients before labor begins. And so you, like Katrina said, you do know exactly kind of what to do in that instance to kind of pull focus back to where it needs to be and allow the laboring individual to feel empowered in that moment because it's like, yeah, you, ha- you have that skill set to just be there and be doing nothing else but laboring with her in that mm-hmm. sense. So she feels like she's not alone. Mm-hmm. And part of it, I think you didn't mention, was informational support. Yes, um, and the prenatal appointments. Yeah, that's yeah, a really big super, tool. Super and even important. post postnatal too. Yeah, and the postpartum period too. Yeah, and even if you have a midwife and you have your hour-long appointments, there probably isn't going to be enough time to go really deeply into exactly everything that you want to know. So it's just that extra, um, extra person to, you know, ask questions to, like they've usually, doulas have seen a lot of births. They know how things are done in the um, birth centers or hospitals or, you know, how birth is handled in your area and yeah, I think a big part of being a doula as well is to try to take the fear out of what's to come. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that comes with the prenatal appointments because, like you know, like you said, Katrina, you only usually have an hour or so with your midwife. And mm-hmm. then at a GP's do- office, it's less. It's like 15 minutes. So I ran my prenatal appointments, whereas I didn't have a time frame. So we would talk basically through everything and so that they knew what everything was that was going to be said around them and so they knew Mm -hmm. what exactly an epidural was or if they needed you know quote-unquote help from below what that um, what that looked like or if they were talking about having an induction or anything like that just kind of helping um, break down some of those informational barriers that can be quite scary especially in the hospital with doctors and nurses because a lot of the time when things get very ramped up they're they're more talking at you and not having a conversation with you. Yeah, or what, while you're giving birth, right? I mean, why, you go, why are you you're kind of busy. Some, yeah, I mean, in a contraction, and they're saying, oh, oh, do you want us to rupture your membranes? Like, no, get, like, I don't know, can I swear? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Swear? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm, yeah. like, in the middle of a contraction. Doing like, stop, something. Like, stop talking to me. Just, like, go away. I don't need this anymore. And, and it's really hard because, you know, they're trying to do their job, but at the same time, it's like, don't, don't talk to me. Just, like, let me ride this out and maybe then I'll have a conversation with you afterwards. But mm-hmm. so as a doula being able to give that informational support so that at least maybe the other person in the room can then advocate for the laboring individual and have them have that autonomy back, I think yeah. is super important. One more thing just on that topic. I know we're on a bit of a tangent, but um, I think it's important, like when you're first introducing the idea of a doula to someone, you get, I get asked all the time, what is a doula? Um, I think it's important to recognize that in our culture, um, 
once once the male partners or any partners of the birthing person have been allowed allowed in the birth room i'm using air quotes there mm-hmm. <laughs> um it all of a sudden the role of of uh, birth expert and labor support completely shifted to that person in our culture whereas before and in many cultures um the birthing person would be surrounded by women from the community um, who have given birth, who are like sort of a midwife slash maybe doula role traditionally, who have a lot of expertise in, in labor and everything. But now we're expecting these these poor husbands for the most part or, or boyfriends or these dudes in there who are sometimes fainting and <laughs> we're expecting them to be just on the ball and know how to support and know the information and be able to speak up when they need to. And I think that's a really huge expectation and it's not a field of expertise that most partners have. Oh, absolutely. And not only partners, but any other um, family members who mm-hmm. have been welcomed to into the room to share that experience. Um, I don't know, Maddie, at your sister's birth, was it just you and your sister in there or was her, uh, her husband, husband was there? Her husband yeah. was there as well. So, I mean, even just, you had doula training before mm-hmm. yeah. that. For that, I mean, even just if you had a doula there without you being the doula, I'm, I'm sure you guys would have appreciated that kind of calm presence to be in there to kind well, of guide you in that journey. Yeah, and I think the role of a doula is also to just be able to almost not not necessarily direct but help the supporting people so the partner or family members to be like this is how you can support your your the birthing person whether it's um because I think a lot of time a lot of the time partners think okay well the duel is going to replace me mm-hmm. and that's absolutely not true like I mean unless like you're a poor doula then <laughs> but I think the role of a doula is to is to help show the the husband or whomever this is how you can like do the double hip squeeze this is how you're you're you have this emotional connection to the birthing person that I don't that 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 the doula doesn't have Mm -hmm. and use that to your advantage to be able to make that bigger connection and soothe the woman in a way that a doula wouldn't be able to oh Mm -hmm. absolutely and to really you know, let them know that this is not only a special time for your partner, but also a really special time for you because you are, you're becoming a parent as well. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we can discount um, the partner's feelings in that situation either because they are, no matter if they want to be the, their partner's, you know, more physical support or emotional support, if they have, they, you know, from my experience, they work really well on tasks. Mm-hmm. If you give them a task, they'll do it and they'll do it really, really well. And so if you let them know that I'm here to work almost in a tag team fashion with you and I will do basically whatever you don't feel comfortable doing to make sure that you feel supported and that you know that your partner is supported because that's ultimately the the main goal in this whole labor and delivery kind of world, Mm -hmm. world world there. Well, you mentioned that you experienced a few different challenges. <laughs> um, did you want to elaborate on any of those? Anything oh. popping in to your mind? Oh, many. I think <laughs> I think a lot of the challenges. Um, so there's been a few. There's been a few personal challenges that I've I've faced, um, and a few interprofessional challenges. And and some of the interprofessional challenges that I've I've faced, um, being a part of the traditional hospital births, is just doctors and nurses not fully understanding what the hell I'm doing there. Like, why, why am I there? I'm not, I'm not family. I'm not a friend. I'm basically an employee, kind of. And uh, so it, it's really hard sometimes 
because you're working against um, an institution where the nurses feel like you're almost replacing them, and then the doctors really don't get why you're there. You're either replacing them, or you're a troublemaker, oh, or it's, you're yeah. full of oh. misinformation. Or it's like, you know, get out of my room, you're mm-hmm. talking for, like, it's been really hard, which I think is why I, I gravitated more towards uh, midwifery, because it's really hard, especially in Canada, for doulas to have a voice or for them to be allowed to have a voice in the delivery room when you see something that you're you know is not appropriate appropriate to have done um, I've been physically removed from bedsides I've been physically removed from rooms I've been told if I you know say that again or do that again I'll be barred from the hospital and and really all it was was they didn't understand why I was there and they didn't understand, you know, why I was needed when they have their medical professionals. And it's just really sad for, especially for that to happen in, in front of your clients that you're working with is, is quite rude. So that's one of the, I guess, difficulties that I had. And then just uh, emotional, a, a doula is just empathetically available all the time. And you, the burnout is, is real. And I, I did suffer a, a big, big burnout. And I, I did have to get um, a little bit of counseling for it. I had three traumatic births in a row. That was really hard for me not to take that on as my failing personally as a doula. When you say traumatic, what what exactly do you mean by that? Do you mean um, like things just went really south? Or was it more traumatic due to the healthcare providers or like a combination of everything? So traumatic, like... When I look back on it, um, the families didn't they didn't necessarily think it was traumatic, which, I mean, in my mind is a, pretty, a good blessing. That's a win. I mean, that's a win for me. Um, I can handle being forcibly removed, being called useless, you know, troublemaker, all that kind of stuff. I, I just kind of roll with the punches. But when everything is going, uh, for me, you know, what perceived is, is kind of normal, and then all of a sudden the heart rate isn't there anymore and everything happens happens very 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 quickly and you shift from being kind of um the support system for mom to then almost being in in crisis mode to where you have to mitigate a crisis and you have to then kind of listen to what's happening and it's all happening very quickly and then you know my client she was gone and just constantly having her look you in the eye to to tell her you're in a safe space and they've got you, and I'll be right here with, as she had a husband, right here with your husband and your mom when you get out, and your your baby is coming, and just stay strong, and they've got you, and I've got it here, and just, that takes a lot to put all of your emotions and crush them down for you not to appear like you're having the same internal freak out that they're having externally, <laughs> And then I remember, I'll never forget this, my first birth was twins, and that was incredible. Um, everything went really well. I got to see the, you know, the boys when they were born, and I was the one that was allowed in the NICU while Dad was with Mom, and I took the pictures and everything. And then in recovery, Mom crashed. She just crashed. And she was having a seizure, and her, you know, her heart rate was dipping, and nobody could get a line nobody could get an IV in and they had to phone an anesthetist to come in and page an anesthetist and there's I think like 15 people in that room just trying to get her hydrated and there was you know the space blanket that came out and 
you just I just had to constantly I basically held dad's hand because I I had never as my first birth it's his you know boys mom and you know you're thinking all this stuff and just being like you know they've got this and I just kept telling him you know let let her hear your voice let her know you're still here um and you know we'll get through this the best I can and so and things like that I think um you you take on a lot and you try not to be freaking out at the same level as those has happened so after those um with the emergency cesarean and then there was a couple other after that I I took quite a big hiatus and I was also in school and working two other jobs at the time too so that could have you know contributed to my burnout (laughs) but um I definitely took about six months off from doing anything I I took down ads I wouldn't take on any clients I would consult um on some but I decided I like I needed to take care of myself first because I'm not going to be you know when you get to the point where you dread your phone going off at 2 a.m. and you really regret taking on a client. I think it's time to kind of reevaluate where your own mental health is at that point. And uh, that's that's what happened to me when it was like, no, I just I can't be there mentally for them anymore. So that was really important to recognize. So some of the traumatic <laughs> moments, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Katrina, you've also been a doula. Did you want to share mm-hmm. any? Well, anything. I don't know if you wanted to move into challenging stuff, and then we can kind of go. Sure. Well, I'm. I mean, I I've trained as a doula um, through um, Manitoba Association for Childbirth and Family Education. It's McPhee for short, and they're um, a great nonprofit in um, sort of close to downtown Winnipeg. And um, that was my first foray into the birth world, so it really opened my eyes and. Um, I'm really thankful for that experience. And then I started looking into actually practicing as a doula more. And I realized that the donor training would be really beneficial. So I did that um, with another great, really great organization um, of doulas called Birth Roots, also in Winnipeg. Um, And that, yeah, I was glad I did that because it just added, it solidified my knowledge more. And um, donor is a great... Um, offers a really great doula training protocol, I guess. Um, and then I did a couple births. Just, I think I just did two, two full births overall. Um, and they were really eye-opening. And I still think back to some experiences that I had with those and some things I drew on. Um, and for me, I was really glad to have those experiences, but I also realized that I would not be able to continue in that role. And I just realized that I wanted to be able to speak up more. And um, I found it really hard in some ways to be in the role of you, you see that there's something going on. You see that there's something that your client doesn't want. They're being told to do a certain thing and they're being told misinformation. But in the moment, it's not really your place to step in and shut everything down and go, actually, that's wrong. <laughs> Um, so that, that's kind of what I found difficult and I realized very quickly that I think my place is as a midwife. Um, but I really treasure the experiences I had with those couple clients. And did you, um, sorry if you said this, but did you want mm-hmm. to, did you look into becoming a midwife before becoming a doula or vice versa? How did you? No, I, I, before becoming a doula or even hearing about doulas, cause I didn't know what they were. <laughs> um, I didn't really know that midwifery was a career option. 
and then during my doula trainings and talking with other doulas and all my doula experiences I started to learn more about midwifery in Canada and started to learn that I just had a glimmer of hope that maybe it was a possibility and that changed into a real possibility very quickly yeah how about you Maddie um well I learned about midwifery first and then uh in my attempts to get into the program which took several years I didn't really want to just sit sit around twiddling my thumbs and so I just as you're looking through pregnancy and birth through the community online or what have you then I found a doula and so I thought well what a great opportunity to at least experience a birth to be like okay is this actually something that I would want to dedicate my life to and have as a career um and so I ended up doing six births in total two for my sister which was (laughs) lovely yeah (laughs) um and I remember the yeah my very first birth was for for my eldest niece and I bawled like a baby as soon I almost felt like I needed a doula for me (laughs) because I had no idea what I was doing um actually I think that birth happened to be right before I did my doula training so I did my training here at Mount Royal um it was the Dona one that's one I did too yeah yeah and uh so I yeah I I think all three of us in the room my myself my sister her husband we're all just kind of winging it oh, no idea. I can hold it together mm-hmm. until I look at the dad and yeah when the dad's crying I just am like oh, crap. Yeah. no it was as <laughs> soon as like like shoulders were out and then she just slid out really fast and it just like I was like <gasps> <laughs> and I was like trying to take pictures at the same time just like bawling and, like there's a lovely nurse there she's like you know you you can go up there too like I, I was trying to be out of the way of everybody yeah. like including my sister and and her husband as the um as Kaya was being born so I but I was just like yeah couldn't see anything with all the tears and um so that was really good and then I noticed um a few yeah a few of the challenges I noticed were were similar to Katrina's just how much can you advocate for your client and I know that there's a like huge discussion amongst doulas it's like well what exactly is our role when it comes to advocating um well because there's only so much teaching you can do exactly it's always going to be that Mm -hmm. moment where you're where they're not thinking about what you taught what you spoke about like Mm -hmm. two weeks ago in your prenatal appointment and so you're just like oh man I I I wish I could speak out without getting thrown out of this room exactly Mm -hmm. like I felt I felt very uncomfortable trying to speak up for my client like I know my client they said that they didn't want this and like even they're they're sometimes your client will look at you and be like what wait what are they doing what's happening Mm -hmm. and you need to talk to your client and they they're like well I I don't want this and you can reiterate that to the nurses and doctors and then they're not listening you're just like yeah they don't want this (laughs) you know you almost want to shake them and be like are you not listening yeah it's not like you can be like speak up now I remember um for one of the births it was a really fast birth like by the time we got to the, like, in between getting to the hospital and being, and the baby being born was like 45 minutes maybe. And so like she was in transition or like at, yeah, um, right as we were walking up to the hospital and then she got into triage and she was like, I feel like I have to poop and all this stuff. And yeah, they're like, oh, you're pushing. And so she didn't, the administration people didn't have time to get all of her information. And then we were in the room 
Um, they just transferred her to the room right away. And as she's pushing, there's this administration person asking her all these questions. And I was like, are you serious like, right now? Read, like, read the room. Yeah, I was like, this is not yeah. the time yeah. for a question and answer period. <laughs> and it was during her contractions and stuff. And I was like, can you just hold on for her contractions? She's like, well, I need to know this. And I was like, no, you don't. I'm like, no, calm down. Like, oh I, I understand you have a job, but at the same time, like she's she can't tell you anything. She can't she can't even technically consent to anything right now. She's mm-hmm. not in. No, her, she's in she's in that mode of like bearing down and and pushing. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's, Power, she's focusing on. on yeah, ex- she's gone primal. She's gone. Ex- what, yeah. is, what is it? Expulsion. Expulsion of a baby. Expulsion. Yeah, move past the restitution. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that that's was really my hard. biggest challenge was just not knowing where my voice was, mm-hmm. or not being yeah. able to even have a voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you say no? They don't want this without yeah. you being labeled yeah. as a yeah, because they're like a complete troublemaker. You're not a healthcare yeah. provider. You don't know anything. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Well, according to like most doula associations that you look at or writings on doulas you don't have a voice your place is not to have a voice in that space yeah. that is true yeah yeah, yeah, that's yeah you true. can't I mean, talk to the healthcare providers you can only really talk mm-hmm. to your clients so yeah and that, that's which is really a hard, hard. P- place to be in yeah, it is because hard. at the same time you know that you're there because your client isn't in that place where where they can be talked to and can give feedback and you know that's one of the main reasons you're there so yeah, I did find that difficult. But. So I guess in connecting being doulas with uh, the midwifery program, Mel, you already said that uh, you don't think that you need to necessarily become a doula first in order to get into the program. Because I know yeah, a lot of people ask that. Um, but Katrina, you just said you found it quite beneficial. I would say I have like a list a list in my head of positives and negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that some positives are um, when you're applying to midwifery school, at least in Canada, um, and you are preparing for the MMIs, so for the interview process, what they are looking for largely is life experience and sort of an understanding, I think, of what is required in birth work and in the midwifery scope of birth work and the values, midwifery values, um, are very similar to doulas, I would say. So I think that that, just that life experience can really lend itself to some interview questions and it might be the reason that you answer a question well instead of not well. Um, You might be able to draw from that experience. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, even though I I don't think it's necessary, just like Mm -hmm. I don't, Necess- I don't think it's necessary for you to ever to for you to have kids yeah. to be a midwife mm. or to ever right. seen a birth mm. to be a midwife. Um, I, I personally found my experience as a doula quite helpful in mm-hmm. the MMIs because I could kind of speak to what I would do in that situation. Um, perhaps just looking like I know it's extra money for to do this, but even if you are able to sit in on a doula course mm-hmm. or kind of go to an association meeting and kind of see what it's all about. It can be quite beneficial to understand the um, the emotional support that's required and then what kind of what goes into, you know, because in school we learn so much theory 
Yeah. But in doula training, it, it is a lot of hands-on. And so it's one of the things that I found super beneficial that I can be like, okay, what other support measures can I provide as a midwife if my clients don't have a doula? And then it's kind of like, okay, I can facilitate that need. I can step in and feel comfortable in that role if that's something mm-hmm. that I need to fill. So, Well, mm-hmm. even just understanding the role of a doula. So once mm-hmm. we are midwives, un- fully knowing, okay, this is what what you guys do and... Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because they are recommended. Uh, that's I got most of my clients uh, actually through AHS and midwifery clinics because they would say, "Oh, have you heard of a doula? Or do you know what a doula is? Do you want that support kind of thing?" And so, mm-hmm. you know, having that rela- being able to build that relationship um, with the doulas in the community, I think is is mm-hmm. important as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I would say it's it's not necessary, but it helps. School, it helps. Yeah, I think it can help in certain ways and. Um, I think that doula training or doula work is really great for learning empathy and for learning that the birth is not about you. You know, just key pieces like that that I feel like are are really necessary to know as a midwife and whether you learn it before you apply, whether you learn it, you know, through your own um, birth experiences, whether you learn it... (laughs) After a couple of years of practice, hopefully not. <laughs> um, I think that you need to learn those things at some point. Yeah. You need to learn all of those, um, just those things that it's not. Yeah, th- it, I feel like it's just helpful for solidifying those core things. About well, it's almost putting care. like the human aspect back exactly. into birth because yeah. I mean, even in school, it's so you know you learn this, and if something goes wrong, and you're doing this and you're doing that, but it's like, well what a, we're, we're all humans like how do we approach this and yeah and actually put that caring and empathy back into what we're doing mm-hmm. and I think yeah like you said Katrina it's really important to to learn proper empathy because mm-hmm. you can you know you learn it in your one of your communications courses but how often do you get to sit with a laboring woman who's just going through rip-roar laboring and just maybe sometimes all they need is for you to put your hand out so they can grab it like mm-hmm. I mean that's that's all that it takes sometimes and sometimes you forget that yeah can you guys think of other benefits in having the doula training before midwifery school well I mean it gives you a a real fish for like a real fast crash course into an on-call lifestyle Mm -hmm. and how to really work that in and and to know that yes you have to be prepared to go but you don't have to put everything else on hold if you are on call Mm-hmm. I know for me, I made sh- I was on call for a week leading up to the birth, and then I was on call for 48 hours after the birth, and then for a week and a half after the both birth and the postpartum, just in case. And that really allowed me to um, kind of solidify a lifestyle that I knew would work with mm-hmm. it, and it allowed my family to, I mean, I'm, I'm not married, I don't have kids, but it allowed my family to understand that there will be inevitably times where I can't come because I am in a birth. I mean, yeah. I missed my grandma's 90th birthday because I was watching a beautiful baby boy come into the world. And she was pretty happy about that. But <laughs> at the same time, you really have to think like, it's not about me. And yeah, you are gonna miss certain events, but it, it kind of prepares you for that too. Mm-hmm. To where it's not a shock if your phone goes off at 3 a.m. and you have to go out and start your car for yeah. 45 minutes in December <laughs> and, and scrape it off and wor- you know, worry yeah. about waking up your entire neighborhood kind of stuff. So that, that I found really beneficial I agree. I, well. think, I think it's important to, I would say you should try to attend at least one birth 
that lasts all night oh, that's <laughs> before hard. you try and to get try to have a life school. the next yeah. day. Well, I mean, I feel like it's something you either love or you hate. Like you either show up, you haven't slept for however many hours, you go through the entire night and the birth happens and you're like, wow. Like this that was, was tiring, amazing. I wanted to do this so all amazing. the time. Like I can't believe I got the opportunity to be there. Like I'm just so amazed. I'm falling like Maddie. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you're like, I would have to be up like this all the time. That, like, this all is the, the time. worst. This yeah. I could never do this. <laughs> I feel like yeah. it's a really good gauge, and also just to see the actual birth because that's the same kind of polarizing thing. I think some people think that they'll like a birth, and then they get into that space, and they're like, "This is." Gross. <laughs> that was so traumatizing. Yeah, like, so traumatizing. what was happening? Yeah. Some people can see the most physiological birth, like beautiful, natural, like, you know, typical natural classic. birth. And think that it was traumatizing. And then other people can see any kind of birth and just think, wow, the miracle of new life, like the miracle of the body bringing forth this blah, 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 you know? So I feel like yeah. it's good to gauge like who you are. Yeah, to, to know, know your yourself limits more, as yeah, well. to know your limits, to know and kind of find that place. Because we've talked about this a lot in our cohort that it's a calling. Like, and people ask me why I wanted to do midwifery, and I try to explain, and I usually end up with it's just like it's not just a job; it's a calling. You yeah, kind it's of like part out, of your soul. Yeah, you just know it. Yeah, you and just you know just it. figure that figure out that you fit in that spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like with me being a doula, I always felt like that that part of my soul that I have knowing I'll be a midwife was a little bit missing. And that's kind of how I knew I wasn't fully, I, I needed something more mm -hmm. from birth work than I won't say just being a doula, but from being able to be a doula, both birth and postpartum, I, I knew I needed, I needed something more from it to have it be really part of who I am, to be a part of my, how I identify myself. How about you, Maddie? Um, being able to work with different families was really nice just seeing everyone's different perspective and different family dynamics and being able to kind of mold yourself into what they need was really really beneficial for me and yeah mm -hmm. I think that would be my biggest my biggest takeaway from being a doula mm -hmm. what about negatives like what are some negatives to being a doula before midwifery school I don't know I, I kind of feel like I was a little bit jaded mm. towards it all to be honest with you like I'm I like I'm still just anticipating the burnout and I'm anticipating you know the shit I can't go to this party or nope can't do that I have a birth or you know just being like becoming resentful of your profession um which I mean you could have it in any type of profession but I, I got real, I went real dark, real negative, real fast in it because I, I didn't feel like I was getting something hmm. from it that I wanted, which is probably a good thing that I decided it wasn't for me <laughs> in, in the long run. I mean, oh God, could you imagine the resentful, resentful, jaded resentful doula coming doula. into the room? I mean, <laughs> who wants that at their birth? Holy That's cow. when you start blocking the door. And you, you just, just start becoming enough. the rogue doula. Exactly. And you're just like, no, you're not coming in here anymore. <laughs> I would hate for that to happen. but Just grab a scalpel and stand in front of <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it really made me re-examine if I was, like, you know, if I was actually made for this type of work before I got too deep in and, I think that was a little bit of a negative. I, 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 yeah, 
I just kind of went to that place. It was easy for me to go to that place, and that's something that I think I have to really keep in check going yeah. forwards as a student and then as a student midwife and then as a midwife. So On the bright side, though, you know about that. Yeah, I do. I can recognize it really, really quickly, and I know when to take a step back, and I have my own kind of routine that I do, and I know when I'm in too deep, and I know who I can kind of rely on uh, to get there now fortunately and unfortunately for Maddie she's in that circle <laughs> where she <laughs> gets to uh, hear about so many things um, in the dark mm. deep depths of me and then I <laughs> snap you out of it like stop snap, that yeah. she snaps me out of it or she just opens another bottle of wine and says tell me more tell me more What's oh. happening? So. Are you drinking? I'm already drinking. Because I'm already I'm already ten in. So you better you better Catch line up those shots. <laughs> yeah. This is why I love my cohort. They're so cute. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Katrina? Um, like negatives? Yeah, like some negatives. See? As we're talking, I keep going back to knowing that some people truly know that being a doula is their calling, and then it's that place in their soul, and that like. I believe doula work is so valuable. Oh, doula yeah. work, not nurse, not midwife, not doctor, not family member. The actual role the of doula. a doula yeah. is so important. And I know I've heard some doulas express um, hurt over the idea that it's just a stepping stone because it's, yeah. it's not. I don't believe it is either, no. Yeah, but I think at the same time, if you want to um, learn about being a doula, if you want to try being a doula, and see if it's for you or find your place and see if maybe doula work is my thing or maybe midwifery, maybe I want to do something totally different. I think that there's still value in that and that every time you support a family, every time you support a birth, that that is always valuable. So I think it's important not to push that aside and say, well, if that wasn't good because you were just trying to become a midwife. Like I think that for that family, that birth only happened once. And if you were able to support them, that is always good yeah yeah you know. oh 100% agree just like you know when you have oh I've had this a few times well why don't you just become a doctor Ugh. or a nurse, or nurse. Or a nurse. I, I never get so doctor it's always I've gotten a do- like or are yeah. you going to go back to become a to become a doctor once you're done no mm-hmm. or else I would have gone to medical school yeah. I don't want to go to medical yeah. school that's why mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that it's not yeah. that's not who I am and so yeah I agree with you on that I don't I don't feel like being a doula is as a stepping stone and I think it's important to recognize just how hard these women work for for their careers I mean this is a career and they they don't get paid from the government it's it's private pay and they have to set up Mm -hmm. their own businesses and be entrepreneurs and to take I feel like to say it's just a stepping stone is is taking something so huge away from them Mm -hmm. for who they feel like they are within them. It's very devaluing. It's absolutely devaluing to their profession and it is a profession. Mm -hmm. I mean I have I've earmarked some doulas that if I ever have kids I mean Maddie already knows she's she is a hundred percent there because she's going to be the one that'll snap me out of (laughs) wherever I am and get me focused. Mel has the one that's going to be nice and calm and soothing (laughs) and then she has me for when she's in the I can't do this anymore. I'm like yes you can. The hell you can. (laughs) You're doing it. And then yeah I've I there I've met some outstanding women that I'm like wow if I could be even a tenth of the doula you are Mm -hmm. I I probably would have stayed in that profession but holy cow there are Mm -hmm. some uh, phenomenal women out there working yes yep I agree I'd say another con is it costs a lot (laughs) in time and money 
And if you feel like you are not going to be an adequate midwife or midwifery student or adequately prepared to apply without being a doula, I would say that that's a false assumption. Yeah, absolutely. I would say don't don't delay. If you are aiming for midwifery school and you know, you're pretty gung-ho about it, I wouldn't stop yourself and say, first I need to become a doula and attend mm-hmm. 10 births so that I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. I'd say if you do choose to um, do, do some doula work that it's it's always valuable and always adds to your your experiences but yeah but if you are like curious about it I'd say well email one mm-hmm. I mean they love talking just as much as mm-hmm. midwives love talking and just as much as midwifery students love talking and so if you can meet up with a doula or um, go to a, one of the Calgary doula associations uh, meetings mm-hmm. then it's yeah why not at, at very least you get to know some doulas in the community yeah yeah and what's wrong with that nothing getting that interprofessional relationships going yeah why not and i think that doulas love to have their work recognized and their profession recognized because i feel like they're fighting so hard they they fight yeah well yeah and a lot of the time having a doula is seen as privilege Mm -hmm. like oh you can afford a doula oh you must be you know it's it's very privileged just the same as i think midwifery has been looked at Mm -hmm. um especially here in canada or in the uh, the Western world, it's like, oh, you you can afford that. It's a yeah. choice as opposed to just something that should be available. Mm-hmm. I mean, why shouldn't every mm-hmm. family have that opportunity to have that type of support Yeah. through arguably one of the most stressful, terrifying, emotional moments vulnerable. in their lives? Yeah, yeah, vulnerable moments in their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still got, I got asked um, a couple of weeks ago, someone mentioned really? that someone they know is... Um, that someone they know is pregnant. I was like, oh, she, um, my first question is, are they getting a midwife? Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> right. they're like, no. And I was like, they should try ASAP. Yeah. And always then, try. Always yeah. try. Yeah. And the response I got was jokingly, oh, does, how much does it cost? And I was like, it's covered. Yeah. So that's still, that perception persists, right? That it's only if you can afford it when it's not. It's if you, you know, get the spot in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all about getting a spot in time. But even if you can't, if you do want that type of support, I mean, look into doula work mm-hmm. and look into the doulas in the community. There's some amazing ones. And even if you just meet with them, mm-hmm. you know, you can always meet with them. And it's always up to you if you choose to have that doula yeah. or not. And just like it's up to you if you choose where you birth and how you birth, it's it's completely up to you. Mm-hmm. One thing I should mention just on this topic also is that um, the importance of doulas is not just anecdotal. There is substantial evidence and oh, yeah. good evidence and research that shows the huge impact that the presence of that person can have on on many aspects of the birth. Um, I mean, significant, I don't remember the statistics, so I'm not quoting them, but significant decreases in um, C-section rates, intervention rates, um, you know, need for pain relief and labor times are so much shorter oh yeah um, and just even in the postpartum period too mm-hmm. like then having that same person hopefully being able to come back yeah and looking and everybody's you know is saying well oh, this oh your baby it's so beautiful how's it doing but then to actually sit down with the individual who just had that baby and being and able to ask them how are you like on earnestly honestly how are you doing mm-hmm. what do you need mm-hmm. and just having them know that the support didn't end yeah. once the baby came, but it's ongoing mm-hmm. and that 
you as then a postpartum doula or their birth doula just going in for your postpartum visit is still there mm-hmm. and they're still wanting and wanting to willing to support you through that period mm-hmm. yeah i could go on about doulas for so <laughs> yeah, long i could talk forever about them yeah <laughs> well yeah i think we are yeah <laughs> coming to a close here um any last words from you guys last mm-hmm. thoughts just thinking warm fuzzy feelings about the doulas who trained me I'm going to start crying. (laughs) don't start crying. The one doula who did my training, her name is Jen Fontaine, Fontaine probably with an English accent, (laughs) Um, in Winnipeg. She just, like, opened my eyes to so many things, just in life, like, not even about birth, but just, you know, like, true true empathy, like, truly holding space for people and just remembering some stories she told about um, postpartum visits with clients that she's had who are who were obviously hit really hard with postpartum depression and just like how she was able to be there for them and like they didn't want to look at their baby at first or be in the same room as their baby and then she was just sat with them until they were ready to be in the same room so uh, now I'm crying but <laughs> yeah I just think doulas are really amazing and the work they do is so important yeah yeah I mean I think I'll I'll always treasure my time um that I was able to be a doula and uh I've definitely had some experiences like that postpartum too where you know you you see the need you see the want and you see the love but for whatever reason they they just can't they they're so traumatized or they're not or just exhausted to be honest with you and you know your role is to just to sit there and have them feel validated and to have their feelings feel valid Mm -hmm. and those are some things that I I won't ever, I'll never forget the 16 babies that I've been there for or um, any of the experiences that I've had. It's been a tremendous roller coaster and I, a ride that I would gladly take again, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah, it's really beautiful work. So I guess to end this episode, we'll thank all the doulas out there mm-hmm. and I can't wait to work with some of you hopefully in the yeah, near future. Yeah, I hope I get to work with some <laughs> yeah. of the doulas that, I, that I've met along the way. Yeah. I n- I'll know that my clients are in fantastic hands. Yeah. I'll just get to have an e- not an easy ride, but <laughs> definitely a more uh, supportive supportive <laughs> ride. That's yeah. for sure. All right, and well, thank you as well, Mel, for Aww. being on this episode. Thanks for having us. me, guys. This is fun. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening to Secret Lives of Student Midwives. If you have comments or ideas for episodes, contact us at secretlivesofstudentmidwives at gmail.com. Catch you later.